Welcome to Access Granted, stories of UCL's most inspiring students. Get ready to embark on a journey filled with triumphs, challenges, and everything in between. We're about to dive into the extraordinary lives of our incredible guests, who are breaking barriers, defining expectations, and leaving the mark on the world. But hey, this isn't your average storytelling podcast. We're about to infuse some wit, playfulness, and a dash of the unexpected into each episode. So sit back, adjust your headphones, and get ready to be inspired and moved. Your access is now granted. Amelia, my name is Kaxin, a graduate student at UCL, and I will be one of your hosts today. And this is Jitong. Hi, everyone. I'm Jitong. I'm a BSc Anthropology student here at UCL, and I'm gonna be one of your hosts for today as well. So today we are thrilled to have Amelia here with us as our guest, and she will share with us how she has been navigating higher education as a commuter student. A student carer and a Access UCL student. For those of you who are not familiar with what Access UCL is, it's a scheme designed to help students from deprived areas to get into UCL by adjusting the entry requirements. And Amelia, could you like introduce yourself shortly? Okay. Um, my name is Amelia. Um, I'm going into my second year, and I'm a history BA student. So, um, firstly, I'd like to ask some questions about your journey and decision to kind of attend UCL. How did you come to the decision that you want to pursue higher education? I think I've kind of always wanted to go to university. Um, my, both my parents are graduates, and my grandparents also are graduates. My aunties, so it's kind of. A bit of like almost a family tradition, I guess. It's very like normalized in my family, so I just wanted to have like more access to learning materials and resources because I'm an avid reader,、um, and I'm very big on、um, just broadening my knowledge and my opportunities. So I thought university would be a good、uh, way of doing that. Well, in our previous communication, you mentioned that you are part of the Access UCL scheme. So I'm just kind of wondering how instrumental Access UCL was for you in facilitating your journey towards higher education.、Um, Access UCL was quite helpful.、Um, it wasn't in like the most expected way, just because I do live in a deprived area and I'm from a deprived area. However, when it came down to results day, I actually exceeded the standard、um, entry requirements. But having The Access UCL offer really helped me to like build my confidence during my exam season and during A levels because、mm-hmm. um, I had been quite nervous about some of my results and I wasn't sure how well I would do. So having kind of the leeway almost with my grades helped me a lot to just feel more relaxed going into my exams. And I suppose it paid off in the end. But yeah, that's why Access UCL was helpful to me. It just kind of took off some of the pressure. There were some challenges you faced when. 
preparing for um, A-levels and this kind of entry exams. So, because you mentioned that you're from a deprived area, so I'm kind of wondering what specific obstacles did you encounter when applying for unis and how did you manage to overcome them? Okay, so I'm I myself am quite motivated and I, I like I enjoy working and studying. However, because a lot of people in the area I'm in don't get the opportunity to go to university, whether they don't have access to tuition or um, extra lessons, I feel like it's quite easy to become complacent and feel like, well, everybody else around me isn't necessarily going to uni. So it kind of adds a layer of, well, maybe I don't need to work as hard. But I feel like because I, the subjects I took for A-level, um, I took two science subjects. I do a history degree, but I took maths and chemistry as A-levels. They weren't my strongest subjects, but being from the area I was from and in the school I was in, I got underestimated quite a lot. And people, like my teachers even, kind of underpredicted me. They thought I wasn't going to do very well. Oh, so your application was in the middle of the pandemic? Yeah, when I applied, it was quite hard. So because my A-level journey started in 2020, we were still kind of doing hybrid learning for part of the first year of um, sixth form, which meant that we still missed quite a lot of lessons and things like that. because People were sick or teachers were ill or like unable to do the teaching. So that added the pressure to self-teach a lot and do a lot of like at-home stuff and independent work which is fine. However, going forward, it was like a lot of the teachers almost gave up on some of the students and thought, well, if they weren't the strongest, that I wasn't the strongest in maths, for example. And if you weren't the strongest student in maths, then they kind of gave up on you a bit and said that, well, made you feel like you weren't going to do very well. And they didn't put a lot of effort into supporting. So I feel like that was one of the main obstacles I had uh, in terms of my A-level exams, preparation. So the next part, we'd like to ask you something about your experience as a commuter student and a student carer. So how long it will take for you to travel from where you live to UCL campus? Um, it can range between 25 minutes on a good day to about 40 45 minutes, depending on um, whether there are strikes or delays or anything on the trains, because I go by tube. One thing I will say about commuting is it requires me to prepare a lot earlier than I feel like students living on campus do. So, for instance, if I have a uh, lecture that's at like nine o'clock, I will have to be awake either at seven o'clock in the morning or before 7 a.m. just to ensure that I need enough time. So I will typically leave about an hour before my lectures start just to accommodate for any kind of traffic or tube delays or any kind of issue that I might make my time of traveling any longer also kind of going to other events outside of lessons it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out travel at night time to go home because it's not always convenient to get like a taxi or an uber from central london out and sometimes when like buses are like it's nighttime buses don't come as frequently or the trains aren't running as frequently it can be a bit difficult 
We also understand that you are staying your own dwelling. Is there any specific reason that you choose home over your own accommodation? Yes. Um, so one of the main reasons I didn't apply for student accommodation is because I have care responsibilities. My grandparents are, well, my grandma has now passed away, but my grandmother and my grandfather both have like long-term kind of chronic slash terminal illnesses. So it was very important for me to be able to get to them quite quickly and be able to have like, I don't know, to fit my, my uni around also looking after them as well and include that in my day-to-day -day life. And I felt that if I lived out on campus or in accommodation, it would have been a lot harder for me to contribute in that sense with their care. And also I have younger siblings. I was a very family-oriented person. So being close to my family was very important to me and it brought me a sense of comfort to a certain degree as well. Yes. So does it impact your social and academic experience? It doesn't impact my academic experience as much, I don't think, just because I still get, I feel like I still managed to get the work done and manage the workload quite well. However, socially, it definitely has an impact just because I'm not in the center of like student life and student activity, just because I don't, I don't live with other students. Yeah, I definitely feel you because um, last academic year, I lived in East London. And um, I, th I think it, it would take me for about 45 to 50 minutes to get to um, the main campus. And I need to transfer for several times from, you know, DLR to Elizabeth Line to Hammersmith and City, for example. It could be a really tiring experience, especially torturing when there is a 9 a.m. morning class. And sometimes, you know, you just need to socialize with your classmates, your friends, and but because you live quite far away and you can't really hang out with them too late or too much just end. And I mean, you can call a Uber, but the price is quite expensive in London. It definitely add extra difficulties to my student life. Yes, I guess we could all concur. We are far away from the place where you spend most time daily, then you would need to overthink about traffic all the time. And Amelia, as a community student, how do you manage your travel time and balance it with your academic responsibility? Okay, a lot of the time what I would do is, depending on my timetable for the day, if I had like a, a morning class and an evening class, a lot of the time I would just stay on campus. So I would go in early, at, I don't know, like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning and then stay for like, I don't know, three, four, five hours in between my other class. And I would study in the library or student center um, during the interval. So it, I don't know, I feel like maybe it might have been a bit more helpful actually, just because being, obviously not being able to go home um, in the middle of the day meant that I kind of had no choice but to do work um, at some point. So I had like a good separation between what my workspace, my home space, my relaxation space. So I feel like I work, I was a bit more productive when I was on campus and I was at home. So actually it wasn't that bad in terms of balancing traveling and my academic life. And do you engage with any university community? Well, in first year, as far as the ACS, um, and I went to a couple of those events 
uh, throughout the year. Um, some of their freshers events as well. So there was a group chat for that society as well. So it was quite easy to like meet, like even before university started, when we had got our offers or our exam results in last summer, they met someone like made a group chat of that of that society and everyone kind of got to know each other a bit before uni started people went out outing and then when uni did start there were quite a few different like freshers events and like mixes and socials that i went to to just kind of like mingle with people um also like just through my course like i met quite a few people that were in the acfs as well so there was always a bit of crossover in that regard so still feel very friendly of the community Oh yeah, definitely. Like definitely there are ways of doing it. I think it's about a lot about compromise, I guess, and just finding out which locations are kind of sent to different people and what times work but what work well for people. Um but yeah, it's not too difficult to like stay in touch with other people. You just mentioned that in your timetable there may have an interval of three or four hours. And how do you balance that time with your caring duties? So so in first year my grandparents were like it was kind of split between my family members so I have several I have like four aunties and I have also my my household as well so the caring was split between the five households so in the daytime like during my when I had uni I wasn't caring for them but if for example I ended early like if I had a half day or something or I ended in the morning then I would take over or like go visit them or help them or assist them with whatever was needed be done i mean it wasn't too hard for me because my family is a very like big part of my life so i didn't find it too difficult to manage but now i feel like this year it's going to be a bit more time consuming my caring responsibilities just because um, now that my grandmother's passed away it's like my granddad's condition has also progressed so as a result i feel like the time i'm spending caring may increase and that might be a bit more challenging to balance with academic stuff, but I feel like it's still manageable. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm kind of wondering what does your care usually involve? Um, so it can involve preparation of like meals, helping with like kind of almost like it's like not entertaining. If that makes sense, but um, how do I explain it? Like spending time with my granddad. Like companion. Yeah, companionship, um, mm-hmm. help like helping them with like getting snacks, food, drinks, beverages, that kind of thing. Also helping to like get them settled. Like my granddad get himself to bed, help them get his clothes ready, maybe iron his clothes for him, fold them up, do laundry and things like that. Just kind of anything that maybe needs to be done. I don't do like bathing or anything like that. He can still do that himself. But um, when it comes to like, because he has dementia, so there are certain uh, tasks that he's kind of forgotten how to do so anything that he kind of forgets how to do I'll kind of do for him so like washing up yeah that kind of thing and do you think like your experience as a student with the caring responsibility is different from that of other students I, I do think so because at the back of my mind it's I, I'm always aware that I have like a responsibility to somebody else if that makes sense like I feel like a lot of students but especially students that aren't from London when they move to London or they move to campus they are kind of able to leave behind like their familial like responsibilities because they're like really far from their families whereas for me I'm still very close like 
my location is still close to my family. So my family is still a big part of my life. I still think about them and I, they, they take into consideration when I make my decisions of what I'm doing. So if I'm deciding when I want to go out, for example, or like when I want to do something socially, I do think about, okay, well, when I'm out, who's going to be helping with my granddad's care, for example? Like that is something that I will consider. Whereas I don't think a lot of other students have to think about that necessarily because their families aren't with them. Yeah. But I think like, as for me, my grandparents is really far away from me and I'm, I'm, I'm worrying about them, but I cannot see them in person. So I think it has the positive effect and also the negative effect. I mean, yeah, you tend to worry about them, but you can't really do anything immediately if they need any help. And for lots of the time, because you're quite far away from them and they don't want you to worry about them as well. So sometimes they just keep things to themselves and not to ruin your uni life. It's made not a very good metaphor, but like last year, my dog passed away who accompanied me more than 10 years, but I'm still in London doing the final somethings and my parents didn't talk to me about this so I think there's like good way for you to have the carry responsibility with your grandparents and parents and also the negative way to carry about them all the time yeah can you share any experiences or skills you've gained from your role as a carer um I really like it I mean it sometimes it's challenging of course because it's like quite a lot of responsibility but also I I very much enjoy helping people and just having conversations and like fun interactions so my granddad for example he really likes music and he likes dancing so when we put like music on and stuff like that and like we're dancing like he finds it very like fun for him and like just having conversations and joking watching movies and things like that like he really enjoys it so it's very like um how do you say like uh heart, I guess heartwarming yeah it's it's just it's quite like a it's like a very pleasant experience in that way and also just kind of knowing that I'm able to help him even though he's even though he's like suffering or something it's so it's still nice to be able to like help in even if it's a small way it's really good to know the experience you have and now we are going to talking about the support you received so, so far we've discussed your multiple identities as a, what support have you received, if any, that you might find helpful from UCL or other organizations? And um, I actually didn't receive any support, but it, it's kind of because I didn't, well, I didn't recognize myself as a carer. Uh, like last year, I didn't think of myself as being a secondary carer, so I, I didn't really um, think that I was eligible I guess at the support but since like since my father's church changed I have started to think of myself as a Karen more so I thought like going into the second year I'll probably access some of the support available but I'm not really sure what uh, resources there are for parents you don't mm-hmm. so um, what resource or support do you wish they were available to you where you just kind of walk walk in uh support sessions I guess where you can kind of talk to somebody maybe in a group setting 
you kind of talk about your responsibilities and like any struggles you're having with it and people can kind of share their experiences and any advice they might have like other parent students I think it would be useful because sometimes it's hard to like if you don't know somebody that well you won't really ask them like oh are you a parent student or not so you won't know who is around you that's also going through something similar so I feel like that would be a good way of like getting people together and yeah just make a better like a bigger support system for caring students yeah definitely I think it's it's quite important to build up a community for people to be able to support each other uh, just thinking about your intersectional identities, how does your role as a student carer and a commuter student and also someone from deprived area influence your perspective on education, also maybe your future or like your career? Uh, well, a lot of people in my family have done um, kind of pastoral work. So they've worked as nurses or like caring assistants and things like that, like professionally. And mm-hmm. I think this experience as a parent student has helped me to appreciate kind of support workers just in general, like not just in a caring sense, like for family members, but also like in NHS, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a really important role just in general that I feel like maybe it's a bit underappreciated. In terms of education, I think as a access student, it makes me value like work very hard basically because I feel like, you know, like deprived areas, a lot of the time, there's like very low university progression rate. And I am very determined to, yeah, like to break that barrier and not to be like conformed to that kind of idea because like my family is very supportive and they're very intuitive education. And I've always been someone who's been like taught to read and to work hard and to study a lot. So I think it's just a lot about making my family proud and kind of honoring the work that they put in to get me to where I am today as well. Because, um, yeah, it, it's it's quite difficult when you're from a deprived area. Like, it's hard to feel motivated sometimes because it's not, like, often that you see yourself represented in, like, higher education institutions or in Russell Group universities. So it's very important to me to work hard. Yeah, that's very true. I think speaking of which, me myself as a a student from overseas and a member of the minority group in this society, I feel like I need to work hard and, you know, just to somehow prove that I'm as good as everyone else. And furthermore, thinking on a community level, just to say that, you know, hey, my community deserve something more in this society but at the same time well because it's a social thing and it could add on some burdens on the individual level so I think at least for me sometimes it can be quite stressful is it the same for you sometimes yeah it can be stressful sometimes because like you're saying again I'm also from a minority background so there's so many different intersectionalities and different categories and barriers that come mm-hmm. with them so being commuter caring responsibilities the private area and the minority group it's like that's four different things already i don't know they have kind of the label attached of like maybe not being as good as everybody else or um not being as high an achiever so it is a lot to think about and also kind of thinking about the impact it has on your community as your communities as well and inspiring people that are younger than you and who want to go to university also 
you're maybe from the same ethnic group as you or from the same area as you it it does sometimes feel like a lot to think about and kind of always wanting to make a good impression or to prove that you mm-hmm. like to be a good example for other people as yeah. well yeah okay so um i'm gonna ask um probably the last question the question is what advice would you give to other students who are also managing similar responsibilities or challenges as you i would say it's very important to take care of yourself um in in the midst of everything especially if you have responsibilities for other people i think it's important to make sure that you're doing okay and you're managing things well whether that means like taking more regular breaks when you're studying at home or in the library or if it means accessing support through the university or other organizations i think it's just very important to take time to kind of recognize what you've achieved as well as wanting to achieve more because i understand the pressure to want to do the best that you can but i also think it's important to recognize the fact that you got into a good university you're studying a really prestigious course at a prestigious institution and you deserve to be where you are regardless of what barriers yeah. you have to overcome to get there that's a really practical and useful advice amelia i would say as a camera you tend to pay attention to others a lot but sometimes you neglect your own feelings and your own well-being but only when you're taking care of yourself can you start taking care of others amelia thank you for being here today That concludes Amelia's powerful story here at Access Granted. Through her journey, Amelia underscored that while challenges are inevitable, we possess the resilience to overcome them. Caring for others, whether in a family or societal context, is not just a duty. It can also be a source of warmth and connection. Yet, as Amelia emphasizes, it's crucial to prioritize self-care After all, we can only truly support others when we first ensure our own well-being. Thank you for listening to Access Granted. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more empowering episodes as the story of UCL's most inspiring students are far from over. As we sign off, keep embracing diversity and celebrating the uniqueness that makes each one of us shine. Thank you for being a part of Access Granted. We are together, we make a difference. If you've got any questions or would like to be our next guest, please don't hesitate to reach out to us through our social media or via email. Show notes are available on our website. Also, don't forget to subscribe us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And, and we'll, we'll see you around, around next time. Next time.